Hey guys, welcome to episode 2.1. The point one is because we recorded way too much content for a single episode, so we're going to actually break it up into two episodes. We're talking about a little movie called Wonder Woman. This episode's going to be completely spoiler-free, and we'll save all the spoilers for episode 2.2. We also talk about the Mask of the Phantasm Blu-ray, Michael Bay hopefully stepping away from the Transformers series, a couple of Lovecraft pieces regarding the Call of Cthulhu game and Lovecraft Country, the Hellboy remake, uh, Danny Elfman joining the Justice League as a composer, uh, obviously not a superhero. Also a short mention of some of the massive talents that we've lost over the last few weeks. Uh, and lastly, we also talk about a book called Wonder Woman Spirit of Truth. Uh, it's a beautiful oversized trade by Paul Dini, Alex Ross, and William Moulton Marston that pretty much anyone can appreciate. It's definitely worth the read and it complements the movie quite well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your doom. This is Atul. I'm drinking. <laughs> Sorry, this is Justin. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of Welcome to Your Doom. How's your day going? My day is fantastic. Um, we are having a drink here, starting things off, obviously. Um, we're drinking Jack Daniels. We got some special bottles. We got um, the Master Distiller series, which is actually... Um, not episode four. What's it called? Uh, <laughs> recipe. Recipe number four. Not quite there yet. Um, and then we also are having some of the single barrel select. Um, I got both of these actually on business trips, which was cool. I got one, I bought it myself on the way to a business trip because the gentleman I was going to be drinking with over there is, um, a very strong supporter of Jack Daniels. Loves mm. that shit. <laughs> and, um, the single barrel I actually got for helping out somebody else that I was working with. Basically nice. there was a big problem with some of the stuff we were doing and, uh, I helped her out and, Thank God for that because wow, sounds like you uh, it was killed an, someone for her. I can't say yes or no to that. Yeah, rolled up a body in the carpet, threw it in Lake Ontario, and you got a bottle of J J J J Day J Day got, <laughs> got a bottle of J Day. Yeah, just trying to be Australian. For yeah. No, that's not true. Yeah, we were in Maine. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So I was on Instagram yesterday, and I actually there's this there's this Instagram. I'm gonna promote somebody on Instagram right now. Whoa. There, there's this you one settle down. <clears throat> there's this one Instagram um, account called History of Batman that I follow. Um, a couple of my buddies actually pointed me to it. And they gave me probably one of the best pieces of information I've gotten in the last few days. Probably one of my if one of my top five favorite movies of all time is now finally being given the 1080p treatment. It's going to Blu-ray. Dick Tracy. No, the Shadow. That's already there. No, stop it. Oh. <laughs> Relax. I'm going to get to that. And this isn't a surprise. I'm not like, it's um, uh, potentially, arguably, the best Batman story of all time. 
Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, shit. No yeah. way. Yeah. Finally, man. It's only been really? Blu-ray. It's only been like a shitty res Blu-ray. <laughs> like crap. Flu-ray. Blu-ray. Flu-ray. Whatever you want to so, call it. No, yeah. They just yeah. they just finally announced it. And I think they, they announced it either yesterday or the day before. Yeah. And the indication is it's supposed to come out sometime next month. They didn't give an exact release date. But I did not hear that, month. sir. Yeah. It's uh, fairly fairly recent. So History of Batman had the had the scoop for me on that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they had the scoop scoop, but somebody let them know. <laughs> and then they let me know. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty great, man. Mask of the Phantasm, for whatever reason, is beloved by fans, but treated like shit by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why... Like Warner Brothers home video doesn't just get their act together and get this thing out. Yeah. People want this. It's almost like the level of a level of hysteria for this Blu-ray is probably like the level of hysteria for like the original trilogy for Star Wars. It's like people are constantly because and it's not even like there's a good copy of this movie out there. No, there it's isn't. cropped four three. Four three is actually the native size. It was All right, so we had a com- well, no, it was Return of the Joker that we had an argument about. This. Same thing for this though. Absolutely. So, but this was released theatrically. It was released theatrically. It was re- released before the- these, <laughs> these broadcasts. Uh, these broadcasts. Yeah. Um, it was released theatrically, but it was also designed to be put on a television. television. So yeah, it was. It was. They so they, they did have a sixteen by nine or whatever the aspect ratio was for the cinematic release, but that was just a cropped release. So they cropped the four three release yes. to be sixteen by. Are you hundred percent sure? About I am ninety nine point eight percent sure. Jeez There's goodness. a very minor, 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 very minor. All right. Shadow it out in me. All right. But I'm I pretty mean, sure that it was. Yeah, I mean, I I believe it because well, wait a it was no, it was it had to be. no because it was intended to be straight to DVD. Yes, or sorry, just straight to straight VHS. To VHS at the time, yeah, yeah, it was. No, I, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that I'm right. It's yeah. the same thing with Transformers eighty nine or no, what was it? The the Trans- it was eighty six. No, Uh it might be really. That's fine. Transformers the movie? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like eighty five. I think that was meant to be released theatrically though. That has a sixteen by nine cut. The Transformers the movie, yeah. it's it's four by three, man. Why? It's four by three. That one I know a hundred percent for sure. One hundred and ten percent. Don't even look. I'm telling you for sure. Um, <laughs> the collector's Transformers edition movie was eighty six. The collector's edition Blu-ray that we all got for this past Christmas yes. comes with a four by three because that's the fucking thing that it came in. And then what about? But there's there is a. Widescreen cut. Yeah, it's cropped. No, I will fucking show you Come after this on. podcast. Yeah. I know this one. I this one's not even an argument. This one I know for sure. Jeez, I am one hundred percent certain. So, anyways, that's my tidbit for the for 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 the moment. Is that? Wow. And then I also the only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Michael Bay just said that uh, this this. What is it? Age? What the fuck movie? Oh, last night. Age of that it's yeah. it's absolutely right. his last Transformers flick. So my question to you is, what's the over under on a that actually being true? And I think that the answer to that question is going to be completely dependent on the question: Is this movie going to make as much Successful. money as the last one did? You know what? I just want to uh, know your I thoughts. I think there's there's a lot of things. I th- I I I haven't figured out what Michael Bay has been doing to have these films make a billion dollars worldwide. He's just, he's, 
He's got, I don't know, he's got a bunch of headless chickens in his house and uh, he's doing like some voodoo and he's, you know, hired a, a conglomerate of warlocks to get this done <laughs> because I just don't, I don't get it, you know. Um, I Every time one of these movies comes, especially Age of Extinction, which was really just a slog. I watched, I remember watching it on Netflix with my wife and typically if someone goes to the bathroom in the middle of the movie... We pause it, you know, like we pause all, pause yeah. it, wait for you. You know, she went to the bathroom. I went to reach for the pause button. She's like, just, just forget it. <laughs> just leave it. It's fine. And then when I did pause it, ignoring her, I paused it. And I'm like, holy shit, we're only an hour and a half through this movie. It's a two and a half hour film. Yeah. She's like, what the, f-? you know, whatever. So I don't know why I didn't decide to swear there. I'm swearing everywhere else. But yeah, that uh, was an odd choice. That was an odd choice. I think it's because it was supposedly coming from my wife and she doesn't swear that much. Mm. Um, anyway. Yeah, I just don't get it. I I hope people vote with their dollar. It doesn't look good. It looks like more of the same. Um, and, uh, you know, what, I, what I'm waiting for and what we should mm. do a podcast on is who is our dream team to bring the revamped transformers back into theaters that's what we should do we should do okay assuming that you know we have a shot at at a revamp you know michael bay had his shot five times right so i think that maybe it's time for somebody else to have a shot just like you know nolan does his series of films on on uh, batman somebody else gets a shot Um, bay does five move transformers movies that are universally hated but gross a tremendous amount of money for whatever reason Give somebody else a shot. I, I'm waiting for this next wave of Transformers films. And that's why I, I'm kind of in the same boat in that, like, I liked them more than I should, some of them, um, especially the second one. I liked that one. You liked the second one? I, okay. All right. Let me defend myself. You do have me. to defend yourself. I, I absolutely do. The second one had some fucking scenes that were just so dope that I kind of can sit through some of it. I don't know that I could say that I could watch the whole film again. I could watch the first one again and I can ro- the third one was legitimately good. So the third movie I legitimately good sorry on a bell curve yeah, for Transformers like, yeah. films. But I I actually sort of enjoyed the third movie yes. uh, because it was like the you know, I don't know. Leonard Nimoy was in it. That was a big deal for me, man. He wasn't playing Galvatron, but he was in it. And it was kind of awesome. He was kind of a Galvatron role, though. Yeah. I don't know. He was transformed out of a mustache, didn't he? So? Gal- yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know How do you they're... tie that back to Galvatron? Galvatron he had a mustache. He's probably a good Galvatron guy. Galvatron isn't, isn't a mustache kind of guy. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I actually did quite... I, I the, the last scene, the attack on Chicago in that film is actually like something I would use to demo a home theater system. Yes, for example. absolutely. Some amazing stuff in there. Um, but, you know, every I think every other movie is a total slog. Yeah. Like, the I, Age of Extinction was like it was barely redeemable. The second one, the only reason I give it any redemption points, the opening scene was dope. Like the the well, I don't remember what the opening opening scene was, but the so the, the dinosaurs were they getting bombed? Sorry, what, what, no, no, what no, no. This no, no, the fourth one's completely irredeemable. It's oh, horrible. okay, okay. The aside from Jeff, uh, Jeff, not Jeff Bridges, um, heavy set guy. What's his name? Roseanne, uh, John Goodman. John that's what Goodman. I'm gonna say. John Goodman's the tits. John Goodman and Ray Winston's in it too. John Goodman was in the fourth Transformer. John Goodman voices Hound. And I was like, Ray Winston voices, uh, what's that character's name? Crosshairs, I think, is the Transformers yeah. name. Oh, you know who's... Uh, Ken Watanabe. Frasier. 
What? Well, yeah, Frasier is Frasier's in it. in it. Just anyways. So anyway, yeah, we're getting great it. casting, but good lord, it's terrible. But yeah. the second one, like I said, I'm going to defend it. Opening scene's dope, where they're chasing down that one transformer, the big wheel transformer. And yeah, he's Optimus a drives one. out of a fucking like of an aircraft carrier, transforms in midair, and then transforms again to land. Yeah. I was like, this is so cool. Like, that was the kind of... And then the force scene. Those were the two things. <laughs> I said we fight together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not taking the logic out of it. This, the force scene was dope as shit. Yeah. And even the thing at the end with the Fallen, where he, like, unites with Jetfire, I'm not trying to justify any of the logic behind that, but when he became, like, Super Prime and just started beating people up, that was kind of dope. But that's the thing is I'm not going to justify the movie on that. It's just for me, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't own it on Blu-ray. I'm just saying <laughs> I do. <laughs> fair so, enough. Fair enough. I don't want to dig into that right so, now. Basically, there's been maybe one and a half good Transformers films by Michael Bay done. If you add up parts five of movies. the... Yeah, if you add up the five movies. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just... I'm really hoping that A, this one shits the bed domestically and... Fucking the global market, man. Like they'll they'll feed it. It's that's where it makes a lot of its money, right? And I, I hope that they don't. I hope that no. just the like you said. I hope that the the, the consumers just vote with their dollar. And just yeah, say, Look, you, you showed us some pretty shitty stuff with that last one. We're not paying for this. Yeah. So so, um, I'm not one to shit on a movie. I don't like. I don't like when people pass judgment on I films that they don't. haven't seen. Uh, it's more of, I, I think for this one, I sort of under, I've seen all of the other ones yeah. and I sort of understand what I'm going to be getting with this one. And, uh, I kind of want something different. Yes. It's, it's not that I think this movie is going to suck. I just, even if it's good, even if it's good, I'd like to see something different. I want someone else to take a shot at That's it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because like, yeah, even if it is good, I'll be happy that it's good. I'll enjoy it, but at the same time, yeah, it'd be, it, yeah. there needs to be something different done in yeah. this franchise. I can only take so much human centric. I mean, I'm there for the Transformers, right? Yeah, like yeah. those are my those are my boys. Yeah. I want to see that. I don't yeah. want to see Shia LaBeouf running around being awkward. I don't want to see Mark Wahlberg acting like super engineer dad or whatever yeah. the fuck character he plays. Yeah. Like that's Josh Dumal and Tyrese are cool as hell. Uh, I, I like Josh. Josh is a good guy. I, I watch movies. Uh, I used to watch a TV show called Las Vegas. Quick aside. He was in it with James Caan. Great, funny show. He was really funny, and that's when I started to like watch movies with him in it. I think he's a pretty solid actor. Uh, anyway, I've got something that's n- not related to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, E3 just wrapped up yes. maybe a week and a week and a half ago. And uh, a lot of big news coming out of there, and we can talk about that another time. It's But one of the things that... that uh, Two two things actually sprung out at me. One was there's going to be a game uh, called The Call of Cthulhu. And that's it. That's all it's called. It's it's basically named after the H.P. Lovecraft's famous story. And I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft junkie. I actually I, I really enjoy his stories. I love that sort of cosmic horror thing. And I, and I think that's something we'll revisit in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the game is an investigative RPG which is pretty cool and it has it tracks your sanity as a person as you investigate the murder of uh, of uh, of uh, someone named Sarah Hawkins while facing the horrors of a grim island filled with monstrosities lurking in the dark. Um, recruit and lead a small team of investigators sending them across the island to so- to solve various cases 
Experience rich, open exploration full of deep dialogue with meaningful choices that impact the narrative and relationships uh, with your companions. So this is all like, this is great. There's a sanity aspect to it where you can't, like you you actually tracking how sane you are. And just looking from the trailer, it's a very gothic, very atmospheric take. And I think like the, the world needs more, needs more H.P. Lovecraft in their lives, I think. And H.P. Lovecraft is notoriously difficult to translate to any kind of media, whether it's film or video games. Yeah. Uh, there is a game that tries <laughs> to do it. There are a couple of games that have used the sanity aspect. One was a, a game called The Darkest Dungeon, which I just bought for PS4 on sale. And it's an RPG, a 2D RPG, turn-based RPG. And they track sanity of your of your uh, your party. And if somebody goes insane, they fail in combat, stuff like that. So it has gameplay mechanics built around sanity dope yeah so i'm pretty excited um it is uh developed by oh dear i do not have the name offhand i don't know nearly enough about focus the home interactive yeah yeah i think it's something that you know we'll get into later yeah. maybe we'll do a viewing of something I like drank lovecraft. at lovecraft theme bars yeah that's right yeah at least so a couple was, times yes there's a bar by uh, by my by my apartment in New York City when I lived there, um, on Avenue B, and I think it's on Avenue B and Fourth or Fifth Avenue B and Fourth, uh, in the lower in the in Alphabet City, uh, and it's called Lovecraft, and they have Lovecraft themed drinks and like really atmospheric sort of turn of the century sort of steam based architecture stuff like that. Great stuff. Anyway, something to look out for. Call of Cthulhu. The official video game. I am excited. All right. Related to that, real quick, Jordan Peele, guy who wrote and directed Get Out. The other half of Key and Peele. That is correct. Yeah. He is producing a series with J.J. Um, Abrams for HBO called Lovecraft Country. And it's based off of a book. Uh, it's a modern book. Mm-hmm. But the book has sort of uh, uh, racial overtones in terms of dealing with uh, dealing with racism in the United States in a primarily white dominated society. So I can't remember it's a uh, what year since the uh, 1950s Jim Crow America basically to find then he's like basically traveling across America to find uh, his missing brother. So he has to deal with sort of. Uh, the 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 racial tension at the time. On top of that, he's dealing with sort of Lovecraftian level, um, Lovecraftian level uh, uh, cosmic horror along the way. Okay. So it's a very interesting plot. I haven't read the book, but now that it's you know shown up uh, on on this radar, just just having Jordan Peele do something in the Lovecraftian vein has completely blown my mind because I love to get out. I think Jordan Peele is incredibly <laughs> talented. So I haven't seen Get Out yet. I hope it wasn't a fluke. I don't think. No, it is. I'm I don't, not saying I think yeah. it is. I just I'm I'm. It's his first. It is his first. It's his directorial debut, right? Yeah, that's right. But so he, he's direct, if you look at some of the Key and Peele episodes, I I, I remember telling I remember telling my wife that yeah. some one of these two guys loves horror films because these. Uh, these some of these shorts are very horror centric. Yeah, right. The way like, that they they set things up and, yeah, and they, even the way they use music and and yeah, absolutely. But even like the th- directly, like yes. some of them are about vampires and zombies yeah, yeah, and yeah. post apocalyptic sort of mm-hmm. zombie scenario and all of this stuff. And like somebody, one of these guys loves horror, and yeah. I didn't know who it was, and now it's obvious, right? Jordan Peele is the guy who loves horror, and 
he's getting into it now. People are just handing him shit. I, I think he got the script for like Akira. Yeah. And like he's like, no, I don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, good on him. I want him to take on interesting projects. Producing a HBO television show around Lovecraft Country sounds right up his alley. No. Sounds great. I'm, so. I hope the best for him. I yeah. think I, if he's I, like I said, I haven't seen Get Out yet. I've heard so many good things about it. I I hope it's as I, I hope whatever his future endeavors are is as successful and well received. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'll drink to that. Amen. Um, sure will. Give me a little yeah. refill. Yeah, I'm running low. Get in there. Sorry, guys. You got to listen to us pour drinks. Um, you got something on your end? I got no, no, no. If you got yeah. a little something else, um, there was oh, shit. I just something popped in my head, and now I completely forgot it. But I'm gonna fill the. I'm gonna fill the. Fill the void. Fill the void. Fill um, the weed. Hellboy. Yeah. So we talked that to, was the thing that popped yeah, in my head. Yeah. Because so, of Lovecraft stuff. I yeah. Of, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. Definitely. Del Toro. Guillermo yeah. Del Toro has a very Lovecraftian. Uh, view on certain things so his Hellboy and even Mike Minola's comic yeah. delved into the Cthulhu mythos a little bit um, so instead of Hellboy 3 with Guillermo del Toro we're going to get a reboot of Hellboy which is pretty cool I am okay with that um, I'm not. starring David Harbour from yes. Stranger Things and sweet baby Jesus I think that's great casting I think Hellboy I think Ron Perlman is I mean he's Hellboy there's like but if someone were to rival him, I feel like David Harbour is going to do a great job. I think he's going to do a great job as Hellboy. He's got that great gravelly voice. He even, like, when I see him on screen, he's he's like Perlman. Like, I feel like he's like Perlman. His face is just, like, really weird. He's got those, like, very, like, lionish sort of eyes. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I think, I think Harbour is going to be great. And um, the guy who's directing it is... Oh, God, I gotta stop drinking. Neil Mar- <laughs> Neil Marshall. Now, Neil Marshall yeah. has produced, or sorry, directed some uh, really great, great movies, one of which is Dog Soldiers. One of the, this movie I've seen so many times, and I absolutely love it. I watch it every Halloween. Do you? Dog Soldiers? Absolutely. Oh, October great. hits, I always watch Dog it's Soldiers. It's a great, great movie. Um, I would say his most accomplished film, and something that I feel like every horror fan should see, and I think even the average moviegoer should see as long as they can take a little bit of tension, is uh, The Descent. The, I don't know if you've seen that. Have you seen that? How are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Fucking great Long movie. Time. Yeah, The Descent is an amazing film. He's also done other movies that I really enjoy, like Centurion. Um, he's done a lot of... He directed a few of the episodes of Game of Thrones. Great director. Yeah. Um, love his stuff, and he's going to direct this movie. It's going to be a hard R rating. And that's not, I don't, and I want to kind of make this clear to people, that's not jumping on any sort of bandwagon. It's not the Deadpool, Logan bandwagon. If anyone, if you've read the comic, like the Hellboy series, it is, it's grim and it's graphic. Yeah. Like it's, uh, there's no, there's, there's a lot of f- fantasy elements to it and there's certainly comedy in there, but it's a, it is a graphic, grim story. Yep. Very gothic story. And Guillermo del Toro's version of that is just that. It's del Toro's version of Mignola's Hellboy. Yeah. Which is totally cool, right? It's totally great. I enjoyed it very, very much. But I think there is another take on Hellboy that is closer to the source material, which I think that's what this is going to explore. Yeah. My, My only problem with it is 
I wanted to see that trilogy completed, yeah. you know, and and that's to not take anything away from the reboot that they're trying to do because I agree with you. I do think the casting's fantastic. Um, the only other person I I would have pictured playing a pretty decent Hellboy, I don't know off the top of my head is uh, Josh Brolin, the voice, Josh. The yeah. face, he's got that jaw, but he's also got those kind of like the the eyes thing that you were talking about. Yeah, like, he's, he's got that he's look. Got he's got he he could do that right. well. Yeah, um, you're right. he's too rolling. He's, he's very he's elbow deep in Thanos. Right, <laughs> he's not going anywhere, man. He's getting getting that Marvel. Money. That came out all wrong, yeah. but but you, you know, guys what, know you what I mean. mean. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that was cute. Um, so yeah, there's there's that's the only other person I could think of off the top of my head. Him or maybe Steve Buscemi. Um, Neil Marshall's director, fantastic. I think that is is <laughs> damn near perfect. It's just the only... I, I have no hate towards the, the film itself. <coughs> I just me. think it's so goddamn unfortunate that we didn't see the conclusion of Del Toro's vision. Yeah. That's the only thing. There is some very impressive stuff in that series, and I think there are payoffs that just... We yeah. haven't seen yet. But the, P- um, the PG-13 for that, too, I think it made it a little bit more commercial, a little more accessible. To sure, people. sure. Well, I, I guess not... that's common of, of any PG-13 rated film. Yeah. But it's just that it just had it. It had such a when it needed to be serious. And like, I'm, I'm thinking when um, Professor Bloom dies. Oh, like Broom. The, broom. Uh, broom yeah, sorry, yeah, Broom. That's right. the, that scene where he's just standing on top of thing. He can't be there at the funeral because he's fucking Hellboy. He yeah. can't just be down there. Yeah, but no, just that, that shot of him on top with the rain coming down. He's just holding the cru- the, 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 the rosary. Yeah, the rosary, yeah. I just, it just... It's good stuff. There's a lot of really good... There's some serious stuff, but it knows how to be be light. Yeah. And that's the thing. is You got a guy like Ron Perlman that can deliver those light moments perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it does... It... it uh, it delivered on all fronts, but it was definitely generally sort of a lighter take. Yeah. And it's not that's not a knock on the on the movies. I love the fantasy take. Del Toro has a fantasy bent. Absolutely. Right? He's got he loves his horror, but he has that fantasy mythological bent. Uh, where whereas I think we're gonna explore something much more sinister with yeah. this. And I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. I think that's okay too. Yeah, I'm ready I to just, see it. I'm just I'm always gonna think of what could have been. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's in good hands. That that is yeah. uh, that we can agree on for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, a couple more things. What <laughs> I know else I you got? A, I got um, one thing. I just want to have a little little moment here. We've had a lot of unfortunate celebrity deaths, yeah. or like a lot of folks that have been influential when we were glo- growing up. We were just to- we were consuming everything these guys were making. Um, so, uh, a couple of names that come to mind, and again, I, I don't want to miss anyone, but these are the guys that sort of resonated with, with me, uh, Roger Moore, uh, Powers Booth, Bill Paxton, and Adam West. Um, I don't know how to pay respect to all of these guys. They all deserve 17 podcasts of their own to review their, their illustrious careers. Um, but out of all of these guys, um... The power powers booth Bill Paxton combo really does hurt for me a little bit because a little bit more than the others because I'm a huge I love Tombstone and Powers Booth and Bill Paxton are both in that movie and then Bill Paxton directed a movie called Frailty in which Power Powers Booth and Bill Paxton starred in 
And I think those two guys work really, really well together. And man, I watched Tombstone so much as a kid. And Powers Booth's role, I've always like, I, he's just, he's so great in that movie. And Bill Paxton as well. They're both so great in that movie that yeah. it, like, and obviously Bill Paxton has got, you know, Aliens and Predator 2 and, and I'm, I'm just naming all the science fiction ones. Yeah. But like, he's got, you know, <laughs> I was going to say Twister. I'm like, I'm not really doing him justice. He's, he's done a lot of serious dramatic roles, right? But, um, he was probably one of my favorite parts of True Lies. Small part. Oh yeah, he was part. amazing. Oh, he was such he a douche. It. Yeah, he was the like, biggest douche yeah, in the world. He was so loved good. It, loved it. Yeah, exactly. So um, and Adam West, obviously, like uh, hyper pertinent to the content of this of this particular podcast. Um, Batman. The, did you see? Have you seen Return of the Cape Crusaders? That the uh, animated the one. Animated? No, I, I haven't, haven't seen that. We should watch that and review it for yeah. this podcast because. Him and Burt Ward and the actually original cast do all the voice, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Um, and Roger Moore, I was never much of a Bond guy. He was always, I, I mean, given more recent takes on it, he was always. It's hard for me to say who my favorite Bond was, but he was up there. Uh, for me, I was introduced to Bond through Roger. Through Moore. Roger Moore, yes, he was the first one yeah. I saw. I don't I, know if it was Moonraker or Octopussy, one of the two. I. Uh, I never got into Bond films. I'm not a huge one. I, I, I played GoldenEye for the 64 because it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, beyond that, never really got into it. Uh, but I, but I, I've, I've seen the movie long, I've seen the movies a long time ago, but I understand the resonance that it has with other, with other folks. Yeah. But, uh, so I just wanted to take a minute to sort of pay our respects to these, these legends in the, in the industry. There's actually one more person I want to mention. He just passed, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. Or okay. it might have been, a couple, more, might have been three days. Um, John G. Avildsen. Not familiar with the name. The director of The Karate oh, Rocky. Kid and Rocky. Yes, exactly. I did hear this. I did um, hear that. I, I, I don't know much of, much of his filmography. Right. Um, as a, I guess as a director. But... Um, both of those films, just Rocky and Karate Kid alone, are just two that I grew up on and I hold in very, very high regard. Right. Um, so yeah, I just I just want to mention him as well. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, we just want to pay our respects um, to to these guys that have created content that uh, a lot of us grew up on. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to awkwardly transition to another topic now. Um, <laughs> uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, game at E3, and I should have mentioned this before, called The Inpatient. And it's a PSVR game. And it was recently revealed... Like, I really don't know anything about it other than the fact that it was recently revealed to be a prequel to Until Dawn. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you mentioning this. That's I didn't right. see this. Yeah, uh, it's a VR game. It actually takes place in the Asylum. Right. In which the miners get pulled out of and are entered in, and you play as one of the miners that is changing into spoilers a Wendigo. I left that pause there just in case anybody wanted to pause that. But they're changing into a Wendigo, and I think you experienced that first first person. So it's a, it's an interesting take. I think it's super cool. I, we liked Until Dawn. That was our last episode, so um, I thought it was worth mentioning. Word. Yeah. Um, Danny Elfman does Justice League music. By music, I mean score. Was it 
Family Guy that <laughs> did all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm 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 down with Batman. Elfman made the fucking Batman theme. He can't do any wrong in my mind. He could literally just come here right now, take a shit on the table. I'd be like, it's Danny Elfman. <laughs> that's that would be my take on it. I'd be like, that's that's it's Danny fucking Elfman. He takes shits on tables. I guess <laughs> he also made the Batman theme. I gotta let that's, it go. That's right. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice. I, he did the Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Too. No, he's done a lot of pretty the Tim much Burton anything work. that Danny Elfman or, <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, Tim, Tim Burton, Burton has done. touched. Yeah. He's done a lot of. He's a, he did the uh, the Hulk the original Hulk music. He did the music to Spider Man. He did the Sad Hulk theme? <laughs> yes, he did. Get the fuck out of no, here. No, sorry. When you say original Hulk, I mean, sorry. Not the TV show. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking mistake. about the TV show. The Eric Bana Hulk. Oh, the Hulk. That, the, the score in that was The score bad. wasn't bad. Yeah. And the movie was I dreadfully think he's, slow, but... We've got to do a podcast on that movie. I actually like that movie more than other folks. I, I liked, that I liked pieces like of it. It, yeah. it was just very poorly paced, I found. Yeah. But yes, I I think that Danny Elfman has had a shtick, and but I think he's a very versatile uh, composer, and uh, he's composed movies where he's composed. For, but unfortunately, he's composed for movies where his score is sort of invisible. He did Age of Ultron. Get the fuck out yeah. of here! And that's why it's not very notable, right? So it's just. But coming back to a DC property, especially with a DC property with one of. With one of the most iconic themes ever produced by him, I think that there's a really room for some thematic uh, work to be done here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sort of excited what they what they come up with. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. I know that was a lot, but uh, I think that's that's all the shit that's been going on. No, well, not all the shit, but that's a good amount of shit. That's yeah, just like uh, Danny. And he takes him to shit on our table. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly. Thank you, Mr. Elfin. Yeah. Hey, have another. <laughs> All right. So uh, you want to get into this boss battle? I think we should fight the boss. <laughs> fight the boss. Well, I mean, the amount of uh, JD I've had, I'm going to be... Uh, <laughs> You're going to be sleeping here tonight, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good Lord. Me fighting this boss half in the bag. Um, half in right. the bag boss battles. Right. This is... Wonder Woman. So, the savior of the DCU? Fucking Wonder Woman. Yep. I love it. It was very, 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 very good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was one of these films, like, I always describe a f- How long? What was the runtime? It was about two and a bit was, hours. Yeah, yeah I mean, it must have been like 220 or something like that. It was up there. I mean... I didn't feel like it though. That's yeah. the thing. It it felt like like there wasn't two twenty one. I don't know. If does does the runtime include the credits? Probably not. Well, fuck, I have no idea. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, if if it's two twenty one, it didn't feel like two twenty one at all. Um, I was never checking my watch. I was never. It it just it it was a tight movie. No fat on it. I there was nothing from the film. I would have been like, oh, why did they bother having that stuff? Yeah, like side plots. Maybe a little thing here and there, but like I'm talking maybe minutes within yeah. this whole film that yeah. I could have thought, eh, we might not have needed that. Even that, now that I'm thinking about it, I think you needed everything. Yeah, I think thematically it required everything that was in the film. Right. Uh, 
I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, the like I mentioned thematically, and I'm, that's not the, this isn't the last time I'm going to say this. Thematically, things tie together so nicely and into this nice, beautiful bow, um, and the and the uh, the point the film is trying to make. It doesn't. It doesn't beat you over the head with it, although it is, you know, sort of omnipresent. It, but it uses it. It, it tells the story. It tells the uh, the moral in a classy uh, enough way that it doesn't feel like you're being strong armed into uh, into feeling a certain way or you know beaten over the head with a moral to the story, um, like. Other movies, <clears throat> Logan, like that. Like the I, uh, when I say moral, I mean more of like thematically. Logan went into a place where they literally had him fighting his past, and yeah. I just like it's just like too much. It's too I, much. So when you mentioned that, I gave you some side eye because I'm like, what shit are you talking about, Logan? Yeah. But you were literally talking shit about the only thing that I kind of thought the yeah. exact same yeah. thing about. So yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so. That we need to do a podcast. Uh, yeah, we need to do a separate one. Although on, I feel on like we're just going to be jerking Hugh Jackman off for about an hour. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't think it would take me an hour. I have very calloused hands. I mean, my hands have been counting money all my life. <laughs> Fuck. So. Lucky you. <laughs> all right, anyway, sorry. Back to not jerking off Hugh Jackman with <laughs> our calloused hands. Um. So, yeah, like uh, Gal Gadot is amazing. And Chris Pine... Gal Galvatron. Galvatron. I just back to the anyways. Galvatron. Sorry, go plays back. an amazing Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Galvatron is an incredible Wonder Woman. He looks so good in those tights. Yeah, that's right. Um, All right, go ahead. Sorry, you were saying Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Is it Gal Gadot? She's not was, French. I always thought it was Gal Gadot. Yeah, I apologize. Gal Gadot. Thank you. And apparently, it's a sharp T. <laughs> Um, so Gal Gadot and uh, Chris Pine. Gal Gadot is uh, incredible, incredible. She she handles this role with such like grace and and uh, and earnestness that there's really just I don't I don't know how else I can't conceive of another way that this character could have been played. It's it's she does she does such a great job and she handles those emotional moments with such. Um, uh, ge- like a genuine emotion to it, and she uh, she knocks it out of the park. And the action scene, she is in- she's convincing. And that's one of the problems I've had with certain films where, uh, like for example, like Black Widow in uh, in the Avengers, when she's doing her stunts, I feel like sometimes it's obviously like a stunt double. I yes. feel like sometimes. I feel like sometimes people are throwing themselves like yeah. in the direction that she wants them to go and stuff. And it, I feel like it's not convincing, but I feel like here they've done a great job in making the combat and her action scenes very, very convincing, like very good, very well done. Chris Pine. I'm not afraid to say this. I think this is Chris Pine's best performance ever in anything. I think this is by far the best work he's done. Mic drop. All right, I'm gonna uh, let me go back to Gal uh, yeah. Gadot because I looked it up, and yes, it looks like there is a T in the pronunciation. Yes. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely fantastic. You hit on that note that I was thinking too. Just in terms of the emotions, like yeah. 
there are times in the movie where she is um, un uh, what is it? She she's enthusiastic in she's enthusiastic experiencing new things where being that enthusiastic about some of the stuff she's doing makes no sense to anybody that's surrounding her. Sure, right? Sure. And she plays that so well. Like, they're, they're just some of the emotional, like, there are points in the film where she's extremely disappointed or just surprised or whatever. She's hitting all those notes perfectly. Perfectly, And this, yeah. is, coming from a, this is coming from an actress that really the only, the only body of work that I had known her from before that was the Fast and the Furious films. I haven't even she, seen her in those. I, it was either the fourth or the fifth. And yeah. She was not great in it. She was yeah. there. She was a beautiful woman in yeah. the film that just needed a beautiful woman. So, I mean, leading up to it, everybody was shitting on her. She's too skinny. She's too this. Oh, she doesn't look like a woman. This leading up to the Batman Superman. And, oh, God. I mean, that was that point, an awful... I, I remember that just being an awful... It one was of, One of the many awful times to be a to be a comic book nerd. It pissed just, me off, oh, man. It was awful. It was one of those things like, yeah, she hasn't proven herself to me as an actress. And sure, she might be a little skinny for the role, but... They cast her a year and a half or two years out from the fucking film being delivered. She can bulk up and look whatever the way they want her to. And even if she doesn't, if they she portrays the character perfectly, yeah. who the fuck are you to say anything? She has superpowers, man. Exactly. She doesn't have to have gigantic arms and, you know, giant breasts. I know. To, to achieve that, to, to achieve that, uh, the character. So that's all. the first thing is anybody that has seen her, they've seen her in, in whatever, you know, limited capacity. And on top of that, they saw her acting in a Fast and the Furious movie. She's not exactly really ex- exercising any of her acting chops in a film like that. So yeah, it's not a little tough to say, oh, she's going to screw everything up. Why don't you just wait a little while and see what happens? Yeah, there were a lot of people that were that were skeptical about the film, and uh, I was um, skeptical about the film because they're like, "Oh, I want to see her act," and she doesn't say anything in any of the trailers, or she doesn't have. Any... And uh, I don't know. I just uh, I didn't agree with it. I could see why people got nervous because uh, I don't think she did. She didn't really speak in a lot of the trailers, no. right? Like. Uh, I think the accent that she's got on in the movie works perfectly. It was consistent. Perfectly consistent. Everyone on Themyscira has this sort of strange accent. And maybe it's not strange. Maybe it's coming from a particular place. But they're all doing an accent of some kind. And it's it's all links together. Uh, One of the other things I loved is that on Themyscira, there are women of different color, of different race. Yeah, yeah. They represent, uh, although I didn't see any brown folks, I'm just going to (laughs) say. There were no, there were no Indian women on this on this island. That being said, I think I can push that hate aside and enjoy this movie. Um, no, all, all kidding aside, I think that there was representation and there was the indication that all you know, the it's inclusive on on race, and uh, that was that was a big deal for me when I saw that. Um, one of the other things that was a big deal was the fact that they didn't. They didn't uh, make this a feminist agenda film. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Everyone is treated on an equal playing field. There is an easy cop out version of this movie. And that yes. cop out version of this movie, I think, is where Steve Trevor is a complete douche. Yes. Right? And he's just a, he's a womanizer. Yeah. Right? Uh, the animated film. Yeah. Takes that approach. Absolutely. It doesn't make it a bad film. It makes it predictable. Yes. Right? I I do really enjoy that animated film, though. It has other things going for it that this movie does not. Yeah. I think we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, 
But I love the fact that Steve Trevor is a capable human being. He's good at his job, mm-hmm. right? He is not a douche. So it's not playing up the men are bad, misogyny is awful, and it's prevalent, and it's holding you back. It's not like that. It's The movie has bigger aspirations. Yes. It sets its sights on bigger bigger morals and bigger themes, and I, I love it. It's just being the bigger person. This isn't a feminist agenda film. It's not a film... Uh, it's a film promoting... Uh, promoting something much larger than just, you know, um, uh, down with misogyny. Yeah. Right? So Now, to your point that this is Chris Pine's best performance ever, Great. granted, I'm not well-versed in his body of work. There's probably something I forgot. I just don't... I, maybe I, I, to I, me, I just see Kirk, but a little oh, bit more noble. Oh. Um, not to get into spoilers at this point. Sure, yeah, but, we'll jump into that. It's just, to me, I don't oh. see much more... I think it's Chris Pine being Chris Pine, who I'm right. just... Based on seeing him in interviews and stuff like that with, yeah. you know, just kind talk of shows and shit, it seems like it's just him. So it doesn't seem like it's a very large stretch for him. Um, but that being said, it's still to me, it's still a great performance, for yeah. sure. He, yeah. I, he knocks the role out of the park. I think yeah. he's, he's, he's 100% owning... He's basically playing the secret agent who is a secret agent with a heart you know it's not just a job to him it's not just a he he genuinely cares about the people that he's doing things on behalf of not doing them for sure um sure i think i think there's more to it i think that his relationship with diana in this film is one of the most convincing romantic relationships i have ever seen on film there's like on film yeah because i think there are a lot of movies there are a lot of films that focus 100% on romantic relationships. Yeah. Right? They don't do half the job this movie did convincing me that these two uh, uh, feel for each other. Or what they feel for each other. Right? And we'll get into more of this later. But I was 100% invested in their relationship. And a lot of it has to do with their chemistry. And a lot of it has to do with their performances. In, in particular, I think, like I said, since Gal Gadot doesn't have a body of work to compare to. She set a high bar for herself. She's wonderful. Yeah. Chris Pine has a huge body of work. I think that this is the movie I've enjoyed him the most in. He was the most convincing in this film. I think he's perfected his Kirk, you know, hero, heart of gold, craft. He's definitely a better person in this than his Kirk. Sure, sure. Steve that's Trevor's even, a better person yeah, than Kirk. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm getting at. But I I, I, get, can, I, I know what no, you're no, saying. I think not, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but but we'll talk let, about it. Let's expand yeah. upon that later. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's he's right. just he's a genuine character. Sure. Um, sure. In terms of the other supporting cast, I don't know that there's many other we... Oh, uh, no, absolutely. I, I think that Ewan Bremner, uh, the... the uh, Scottish guy who plays the sniper and I don't know the uh, unfortunately I don't know the names of the other actors but the character of Samir Samir is fantastic yeah I Samir really is like very very good Chief is he's got and Chief is amazing and we're not even talking about uh, Hippolyta yeah. and uh, and um, Antiope right Antiope that was the one I could, I could not Robin put, Wright Robin Wright I know she as soon as I saw her I'm like House of Cards I've never seen House of Cards. I, saw, I thought of uh, I thought of uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride, yes, absolutely. Man, she, she is a fucking beast in this movie. She crushes it. Holy crap, she is jacked. 
Like she is, she looks like she's gonna fuck somebody up, and she does fuck a couple people up she in that certainly movie. Certainly does. Um, she was amazing, and I'm 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 happy to hear that she may be joining uh, a flashback scene in in Justice League. I hope so. Right. Um, yeah. So Hippolyta was very good. Antiope, I think, is a like one of the MVPs. I think there are two MVPs here that I didn't see coming. One was Antiope, and one was Edha. Edha. Mommy. <laughs> Edha Mommy. Yes. No. Uh, Etta James. Etta. I can't remember her name now. The, the secretary Pines. Oh, Pines, Pines secretary. secretary. Um, I think her comedic beats are fucking perfect. It's it's really she's great. Good, yeah, but. The thing is, right, I was worried that going into that, they were going to um, basically personify her as, like, the weak female character from that era. No, but... And they, as she, the film goes on, she's not. She's capable. Like, Absolutely. She's, she's actually the intelligence portion of that operation, right. which right. is, like, extremely... Uh, I, I Not only were, were her comedic beats spot on, on. spot on, yeah. but she's also, like, a capable character in the film and mm-hmm. adds adds something to the movie. So, yeah, and let's talk about the action scenes real quick. There's a couple of big ones, and I think they mostly deliver. I think that the third act is problematic. I think that it delves into some of the more cliched moments in, in superhero films. Um, nothing that's going to, I don't think it's going to crush anyone's opinion of the movie. I think it's built up enough goodwill where it kind of, you kind of allow it to. To get a little hokey toward the end. Yeah. Um, but that's all I really would have to say against the film. There are some stylistic choices that I have here in my notes that are completely spoiler, spoilery. Spoilery. Um, but that we'll get into shortly. But that's sort of my general thoughts. I think there are, it's, an, it's, a, it's a very well put together movie. It's, uh, it has a extremely convincing romantic plot. It has great action very well delivered or very like well acted and thematically and I can't stress this enough thematically all of the things that happen in the film come back in the end and everything gets tied up the message is understood if you don't get beaten over the head with it it's it's a tight thematic package I yeah. think yeah I, I agree with everything um, for me so after I came out of the movie I thought well we're going to be doing this podcast at some point right. I have to write down what happened it was super easy for me to break this up into first act, second act, third act. Yeah, right. And that's how a movie should be composed. If right. you can break it up like that, they, that means that somebody that was putting that together probably knew how to do that properly. Right. And when it's that clean cut, I think that it speaks a lot for the film. The Not this, the film? Yeah, yeah, for the structure of the film. Sure. And the, the better the structure, the more digestible it is for the audience and sure. the better it's going to be received. Right. Um, but again, like just, I mean, performances spot on, um, choreography, amazing. It was yeah. just like all in all, it was just, just not to sound, uh, this to me would have been one of the best Marvel films in terms of the way that they construct it. When you're comparing sure. it to like Man of Steel and Batman, sure. Superman, Suicide, th- those ones were all very different in terms of how they were put together and how they felt or how watching they were them. not put together. How they were not put together, <laughs> exactly. This one felt like it had kind of the, the formulaic Marvel f- formula? Yeah. Formulaic Marvel movie, but 
it would what would have been one of the exceptional ones. Like I would have put Wonder Woman up there with Civil War or not Civil War. Sorry, um, not the Civil War wasn't bad. Was bad, but I would have put it up there with um, with with Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier with yeah. the original Iron Man. Like yeah, that, for sure. To me, like that, it's top tier for sure. sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's I mean that's not trying to lump it in with the Marvel films. It's just. Marvel's such a beast right now. Yeah, that's, it is. It's, the comparisons are unavoidable. They, exactly, uh, you can't you can't avoid them. One right. of the things the things that that the, this movie touches on that no other movie that I've seen recently does, and especially for for our generation, from like the you know we're eighty four born, there are not a lot of movies about World War One. No, there are there are very few, or, or and maybe there are documentaries, and maybe there are fil- smaller films, Wait, but they're not two. This is World War One. No. Yes, dude. It's hundred percent World War One. Are you sure? Yes. I thought they mentioned Hitler. No. Am I out of my mind? Yes. That's fair. This is World War One. God damn it! I thought that. Okay. World War One. I'll take your word for it. World War One was like trench warfare, right? And they didn't have any of that in World War Two. I don't. I wouldn't say they didn't have any of it. I'm saying that. There were trenches in World War Two, but not to the level that <laughs> they, there were. They weren't as deep. <laughs> they had surface trenches. level trenches. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you want to look it up. I don't want to sound like a damn fool, but it's, I, it's I hope I don't sound like a damn no, it's, fool. No, it's, uh, it's World War One. I'm fucking ninety nine point nine percent sure it's World War One. The war to end all wars. That's what they call it, right? That's that's what World well, War One was. Well, then clearly World yeah, War One had made a mistake. Yeah. Anyone who, yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, it's not. It's it's actually not that important. I suppose, like in terms of what. I, no, actually, it is. I think it is. Sorry. Then please. I think it is because uh, World War One is not explored. In film, you're looking it up right now. I am, yeah. I just want to confirm. I'm too drunk for this. Uh, <laughs> well, I have a laptop in front of me. It's yeah. easier. Uh, yeah, World War One and trench warfare that that's explored in a lot of other sort of classic films, but not not recently. World War Two tends to be the fixation with Nazis and just being a general sort of evil bad guy that you can. Um, that you can uh, sort of kill mercilessly without having anybody <laughs> complain. Um, this was World War One. It was really a complicated scenario, and that's one of the things I think Pine does really well when he's like, he's trying to convey the complexity of of this conflict, and they just don't get it. The Amazons just don't understand. It's like a he uses the term "great big mess." And it's just like because we you, you just can't describe it right, mm-hmm. and the 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 no man's land sort of concept that they had there, all of that you know that's all very uniquely World War One, um, and you can't have that no man's land scene without it. So, so it, no no I'm just I'm reading through this stuff because the thing is I I'm very shitty at history. If, if I know this. Remember we played that code game, names. Code yeah, names. I didn't it know awful. that. It was Japan yeah, during it was Japan World, World War Two. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, I don't know history. Yeah. Right. It's absolutely set during World War One. Thank God. For so that. I, the only reason that made me think it was well, not the only reason, but the, the one of the reasons I thought that they had mentioned Hitler during that scene. They were I all can't German. talk about it, but right now we'll they talk about it during German. Sport. So both conflicts involve both the conflicts Germans. In, oh, yeah, yeah, that's no, right. Kidding. So. But, they involved the Germans, right? And that's probably why you're getting it confused. Not being someone who reads any of the history or knows anything about history, if 
the conflict is both actually the same folks, yeah. basically. Not the exact same folks, but sure, the same sure, sure, sure. region. Same geographical region. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, my apologies. I thought, I'm not a history I, major either. So, you know more than yeah. I. Um, I thought that they so, had mentioned Hitler during a certain scene in the film. Um, I was definitely wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Confirmed. World yeah. War One. So, so, I apologize. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, however, is World War Two, with a bunch that of one, big old Nazis. Big Tiggle Nazis. Tiggle Nazis. Tiggle Nazis. Um, yeah, so I think it's safe to say for the unspoiler version of this review that we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. You definitely need to see it. If nothing else, just... It, to I want to see it make money. I want to see it make money. It's definitely making money yeah, already. Making money, it lost yeah. to Cars 3 last weekend because fucking Cars Pixar. 3. Pix- yeah, exactly. Yeah, because of Pixar, yeah. Um, but it's... To me, this is the... This is what the DC... Um, film universe needs and I think that DC as a whole is learning kind of how to do this Marvel's got their whole movie engine at this point they yeah. can put out anything and they're going to make money at this point until they put a, a couple of films that are so shit that it doesn't but until then they've got their formula and they're sticking to it they're not taking any risks there hasn't been a risky Marvel film thus far Right. everything DC's done has been pretty risky and they're trying their own thing trying to figure it out what they tried isn't necessarily working. Didn't hit. Until yeah. now. Right. Now they've got not only critical appraise, but they've also got... The box people, office. Box office appraise. Yeah. That's what I was, the word I was looking for. Box office praise, as well as box office money. Exactly. So <laughs> at this point, they're lear- they, they've learned their lessons. And I actually just saw an article today about... It was Jeff Johns and someone else basically yes. yeah, talking about, that. well, this is the shit we've learned from Suicide Squad and from Batman versus Superman. Right. And that's good. Like they're taking they're taking note, and yep. that's what you that's what you want to hear as a fan. Yep. So absolutely. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't know that there's much else to say on this. On right the now. unspoilery. On the side? unspoilery side. No sir. Um, Let's jump into the bonus round. Um, there was one thing that after I saw Wonder Woman, <clears throat> I got I came home and one book I'd had sitting on my shelf for a little while was Wonder Woman: The Spirit of Truth. Um, this was written by Paul Dini and Alex Ross, and Alex Ross Illustrated. There was a third gentleman. I can't remember his name now. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the, the, the show notes. The, the show notes after, but um, uh, yeah, it was something that I I wanted to revisit after coming back home because I thought that there was there was a lot of imagery and whatnot in the film itself that I felt like had pulled from there, or maybe not necessarily. But I'm sure that pulled from elsewhere. But just the images that Alex Ross can depict. Oh yeah, it just they—they're so vivid. They stick with me. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that I think Alex Ross's Wonder Woman is what a lot of the comic community thinks of when they think of Wonder Woman because it is so um, iconic. And she's a she, his Wonder Woman is a heavier set woman yes she's she's bigger she's you know she's her you know like physique is that of more of like a a bodybuilder almost um i wouldn't i I wouldn't say bodybuilder but it's just a a a, i don't know how to say it's a larger woman yeah she's just a larger woman strong 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 thicker um she's not like okay so here i'm going to extremes i've got alex ross's wonder woman which you know big Thighs, you know, yeah, broad, big, shoulders. Oh, broad shoulders, still big, big bosom, everything. Yeah, but yeah, she's she's thing. a beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, 
And then you look at like Michael Turner. Oh boy, I love Michael Turner's art for Anore- the most part. Anorexic Wonder Woman. Exactly. Yeah. It's just the the, yeah. the pencil thin waist yeah. and just everything else is just like it's just not. Michael Turner comes from a time in comics where that was something that attracted money. I right. Think. Like a lot of people bought from the cheesecake art. Yes. And while his art was influential, I do think some cases it was influential in the wrong direction. Yes. Um, so Michael Turner, uh, his Wonder Woman is definitely like very, like very, very, very thin. And not even like, you know, I know people are complaining about Gal Gadot's physique. I think they were, but she's, yeah, they, they were, but she's, she's like a real woman who hasn't been altered to be skinnier than a real woman should be. Um, I feel like a lot of Michael Turner's art is taking liberties with how skinny, how tiny women can actually physically be. Um, So I think he definitely straddles that line between uh, sort of uh, cheesecake comic book art and superhero art. Right. Um, there was someone like Joe Madureras for for example Wonder Woman I don't know if you've ever seen him draw Wonder Woman but she's she's really great mm-hmm. um, oh god the name escapes me now oh she did Power Girl she drew Power Girl I do not know uh, and then she did Harley Quinn the series the covers Amanda Connor oh yeah yeah, yeah. Amanda okay. Connor's yes. yeah yeah uh, Wonder Woman is really great um, but like I said my uh, Alex Ross Wonder Woman is iconic. And I think that's what they were thinking of. Like, for example, a story like Spirit of Truth. And I haven't read it in a long time. It's in my house. I I know you said we were going to do this and I didn't have time to actually look through it. But uh, I'll look through it again. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Does she lift a tank in that she book? She lifts a tank. Okay. Just a quick summary of basically what happens in the book. So at this point, um, Diana's already left Themyscira. She's on her ambassador mission essentially to... I don't know. I don't even right. know what the ambassador means. Promote peace, really? Yeah. I mean, it's not really defined. It's actually goodwill, really. What it is is like a. It's a club promoter, um, <laughs> but she's promoting peace. Excellent club peace. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, as she's promoting the club peace, um, yeah. she's finding that people aren't taking her. I don't want to say taking her seriously, but they're not. Well, actually, that, that might be a good way to put it. They're not taking her seriously, right? Um, or they're just trying to disregard what she's trying to represent and all, and and, and being belittled to some degree, right? Um, at a certain point in this in in the story, she goes to Clark Kent, obviously Superman, and basically says like, "Look, you know, it's hard for me to connect with these people. Nobody's either taking me seriously, or when I'm there, they just run away, or they're not, you know, they're mm-hmm. not connecting with me. What the hell's going on?" And Clark basically says, you are literally perfect and you're telling people what to do. People don't necessarily respond well to that. You need to kind of understand where they're coming from. You need to see it from the other side of the fence. Right. And that's when she begins to, instead of be Wonder Woman, she kind of takes on a side persona. Uh, doesn't name it or anything like that. Yeah. Eventually, we know it'll be Diana Prince at some point. But yeah. she ends up becoming somebody else. She works as a nurse. She works I as see. a soldier. Yeah, she yeah. works as she doesn't work as anything. She just works as uh, somebody helping out foresting. Or, sure. Yeah. She takes a few different roles in disguise, not as Wonder Woman, 
and um, and experiences life from the other side. And she gains a huge perspective on that yeah. until the time where she has to don the Wonder Woman garb again and, yeah. and and fight for you know peace and civil liberties and all that. But to her, the whole um, the 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 entire um, thing that she's fighting for at this point right now is basically just like making sure that the best of humanity and she always believes like despite all of the other indications to the opposite that there is humanity or there is there's good in everybody right despite how shitty or bad or whatever you want to say there people act there's still some kind of good in them and that's what she's constantly fighting for um, it sounds very much in vain with the film itself and I remember a lot itself, of some exactly. of these like plot points this was an oversized graphic novel, yes. right? It was the Paul Denis series with Alex Ross, yes. and honestly, that every single one of those was just visually just astounding, astounding. Yeah. stunning. And I, I actually have no place to keep this. One. I actually keep them under my dresser. I need to find fucking like I just slide them under. I've got to find a way to like store them properly because I literally I got them in my. Um, I'm turning around. I've got them back there behind me in yeah. my, on a shelf. Right. Um, there's no sleeves or anything protecting them. Yeah. I have no sleeves. I need to come up with sleeves sleeveless. or something to perfect. Yeah, they're sleeveless. They're like a douchey man on the Jersey Shore. That's right. Yeah. The uh, Batman, Superman, Shaz- uh, uh, Captain Marvel, and Wonder Woman. That was uh, four, right? There's the four. four. There was also a Secret Origins Oversize, which, again, is back there, yeah. which basically was just the one pages that was in those four, as well as ones for Green Lantern, Aquaman, a Plastic Man was in there. Secret Origins. Green Air. Yeah, yeah Secret yeah, Origins. Yeah. What did I say? No, no, sorry. I, I thought you were talking... Sorry. I thought you were oh, talking yeah. about... Oh, yeah. I thought it, Aquaman got his own... No, 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 no. The, those not, those yeah. are all... It's just... it's a, They're two, two-page spreads just basically going over the origin of them. Right, so Flash right. is in there. Yeah, I've seen that in the mythology... Alex Ross mythology yes. art book. Right, where, yeah. And they show some of those panels. Exactly. Those are, those are really nice. So, um, and then there was another one. Justice. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justice? No, no. That wasn't an oversized. No. That wasn't was, was written by Paul. It's another one. Um, it basically had to do with a space rock that turned people sick perfect yeah it was good though i mean it looked great it had that it had that really great panel with batman breaking into the pentagon martian manhunters having this conversation with him how the hell did you get in here and he's like it's just another building just a few more guards and a few more locks let's get to that's from an alex ross yeah i thought that was the public enemy story no that came from that Oh man, I thought that was public yeah. enemies. It Never was uh, the the reason the I think the reason you're thinking of it's from that uh, the faux trailer. For yeah, the, the trailer, Finest, right? Yeah, by Sandy Corolla. Oh, that might be his actual. That name. is his wow. name. Yeah, Good it was the guy you. I remember. Cholera, vividly. yeah, cholera. Cholera, 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 not cholera. It, It's one like of the two. Um, but he was he was also the director for the Batman Dead End fan film, yeah. which is one of the best yeah. fan films I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so cool. yeah, yes. so Spirit of Truth. Um, the, the, so in terms of the 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 visual and how he depicts Wonder Woman, he cannot get away from Linda Carter. Ah, uh, no, no, he can't. Like literally, he. It can't. doesn't look like Linda Carter. No, no, it though. doesn't. But yeah. anytime, so I was reading up on it. Basically, anytime he's he tried to depict her in the original kind of like nineteen, I guess early 1900s where she's got the skirt and kind of that whole look yeah and he just couldn't do it 
Every time he tried, he's like, maybe in that era it would oh. work, but like in the modern era, he's he's straight up Linda Carter. Yeah. Just kind of in terms of the the general sure. look I mean, of it that, all. That's iconic, and she carried it very well. She, she carried made it extremely it, well. Yeah, she made it uh, palatable. Exactly. It, it it for him it was hard to visualize anything other than that. I, I would argue that Alex Ross took that and made it even more palatable by Abs. creating a yeah. creating a visage of the character based on reality. Agreed. I mean, looking at his Batman, they all have pupils. They like they have these things that typical comic artists will yeah. um, not include to give them that sort of air of unreality, right? Right, right? He's just like, let's 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 see what these guys look like when if they were real. Exactly. Right? And what's what's interesting is that like so when him and Dini were putting this together, they were always asking the question, well, what how would how would she look or how would people react? If she is this Amazonian, yeah. super tall, beautiful but formidable, like yes, how would yeah. they? How would she look? How would people react to it? And this right. whole story came from the genesis of answering that question. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that's why he depicts her as just this giant woman, just beautiful giant woman. Yeah. She's just super tall. Like that's just great. she like you, you look at some of the panels and she's, she's just towering. She's, over she's towering over people. Just <laughs> clearly looking like the most intimidating person in the room, but at yeah. the same time the softest, most. A gentle soul in the room as well like right, he just yeah. there, there there's just a lot of um he does a lot with it's just the way he carries his characters the way yeah. they stand the way they look even just like you mentioned the subtlety in their eyes like batman yeah, has pupils absolutely. but you can depict yeah. some of a lot of the emotion just from his eyes for sure same for with sure. her there yeah. there are moments in the in the book itself where she's got genuine um what is it? Just, just genuine surprise. Like I, when per- Clark said that she's perfect, right? She's like, you know, he he basically says like, you are to other people perfect, and then she says, you think I'm perfect? And there, there's this 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 look in her eyes. Well, I mean, it's on a, you know, piece of paper, but the the, the look that he has in there is general bewilderment but there's almost a playfulness to it sure yeah it's interesting it's super interesting yeah um i know i 100 percent understand i remember reading when i was reading the and i'll go I'll, I'll read it again now that we're now that we're talking about it but i remember alex ross's depictions of all these heroes just being wildly different and not immediately appealing mm-hmm. for me as a, as a younger reader right you know what was i into i was yes. into like the you know the Joe Madureras and the and the Michael Turners and yeah. like the Jim Lees, and you get someone coming and doing a traditionally painted hero, not just painted but f- fixated on the reality. Yeah, this is a guy or a woman in a costume, and it looks. When I first saw it as a kid, I'm like, oh, where's you know, where's the you know the giant you know bulging like arms and chest and like. Uh, Where's my like sexy like superheroine? You know, like that's that's not here. Yeah. Uh, and as a as a kid, you you know you can't appreciate that, right? But right. as I got a little older, what stuck with me? All of the other stuff melted away. All of the all of the cliched cheesecake uh, depictions sort of melted away. What ended up staying were very specific renditions of these heroes and one of them is alex ross's wonder woman is Mm -hmm. is the pinnacle of that of that hero right yeah frank cho i believe is is it frank cho that did the the brian azarello wonder woman run no no chiang cliff chiang Mm -hmm. cliff chiang his wonder woman is amazing um 
Frank Cho is, is another artist who has drawn Wonder Woman and his Wonder Woman has been very, very good. But I think Cliff Chiang's Wonder Woman is, is, is wonderful as well. But but Alex Ross's Wonder Woman is is what people think of. Yeah. and uh, I do, for yeah. sure. Like, whenever I depict the character, that's what I thought. And to Gal Gadot's credit, yeah. it, I see it there. Yeah. And you know what? It's not even, like, in the physicality. It's, it's the, the strength. It's the, the strength, strength of persona. Yeah, Or it, the strength exactly. of person. No, that's perfect. That's perfectly put. She yeah. evokes... She evokes the strength of the character. Yeah. She doesn't need to be like a bodybuilder or, you know, a hundred no. pounds heavier. No. Like she she evokes that character's emotionality and that strength through her ability to convey her emotions. So right. it, it's uh, like a, you, you hit the nail on the head. She's that, that's exactly what's what's at stake. She conveys that Alex Ross, Wonder Woman through her acting. Yes. 100%. So that that's what I'm pitching today for the bonus round is, um, is, is if you can, please check out Spirit of Truth. I mean, all of the Alex Ross oversized ones. There's Batman War on Crime. I'm going to see if I can remember all these. Batman War on Crime, Superman Peace on Earth, Shazam Power of Hope? Something of Hope? Something like that. Something hope. of Hope. Yeah. And um, Wonder Woman Spirit of Truth. All yeah. four of those are fantastic. Um but uh, just for this podcast, obviously, we're pitching the yeah. spirit of truth. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but check them all out. They're very, very good. Yeah. And this concludes episode 2.1. Stay tuned for episode 2.2, where we go into all the spoilers for Wonder Woman and discuss pretty much everything we can. Thanks for listening, and cheers. Cheers.